welcome to the Voice of Doctor Ye, and I'm your host, Doctor Liman Ye. And first of all, before we start our topic today, I want to say Happy New Year to you all. And today we will start from a recent case decided by the federal court in Canada. It expands definition of espionage and decision to bar a Chinese student from Canada. So this is a very interesting case because、uh, I read through the case, although I didn't check the court file. But according to the report, this case offers a new tool to get a grip on a growing problem about the Chinese Communist Party's academic stealing and also the technology illegal competing with U.S., Canada, and other countries through the students. So let's see what it's about. According to CBC News, the case centers on Yue Kangli, the student's name. The Yue Kangli's visa application to study at the University of Waterloo and take his knowledge back to China to improve its public health system. Federal Court Chief Justice Paul Crampton ruled this proposal. Falls under the definition of non-traditional espionage. He wrote in his December twenty-second decision, which made public this week, that as hostile state actors increasingly make use of untraditional methods to obtain sensitive information in Canada or abroad, contrary to Canada's interests. The court's appreciation of what constitutes espionage must evolve. Well, this is a very smart move, because as we have talked about in the previous episode and in my interviews, that China already changed, evolved their strategic tactics against the free world. The unrestricted warfare that I talked a lot with CIA senior analyst Edward Hawkland in our broadcast, the Voice of Doctor Ye and the National Security Hour, will all focus on how these kind of tactics come from traditional to non-traditional style. Well, because it's non-traditional, it's unrestricted. There is a lack of. Rule of laws or examples in the U.S. or in the other U.S. ally countries to stop or punish this kind of actions because it doesn't fit your traditional definition. So that's why this case it provide a new example for the other similar cases and actually. It provides the universities the new knowledge that they need to watch something, and they need to know that admit some student may be a security risk. So, according to the decision, the first reported by the、uh, Globe and Mail in Canada, the the student applied for a student permit in 2022 after the University of Waterloo accepted the PhD candidate. Into its mechanical and mechatronic engineering program, so Lee was supposed to come to Canada to 
studied as a PhD student in University of Waterloo for this chemical engineering program. However, a visa officer later stated he had multiple concerns with this application, citing his anticipated field of study while in Canada and China's use of students as non-traditional collectors of information to boost China's research into new technologies, including military tech. And the officer further noted that Mr. Li had a strong interest in microfluidics, a branch of macro nanoscale science and technology, and that he indicated in his study plans that he wanted to dedicate his career to improving China's underdevelopment of the application of advances to point-of-care technology in the field of public health says a federal court decision. And so that point to China's strategic interest in certain high-tech industries, including biopharmaceuticals. So another article was cited in the federal decision that why is China becoming a microfluidic superpower? In that article in 2018, it says, Macrofluidic devices are important for new medical research, which is in support of the decision to reject Li. Li asked a judge to review that ruling. He argued the officer went with an overly broad definition of espionage and relied on speculation. And Justice Crampton sided with the visa officer and said there are reasonable grounds to believe that they may be recruited or coerced by the Chinese government as a spy. The judge pointed to these studies at Beijing University with ties to China's defense industry. The fact that these fields to study could benefit China's biopharmaceutical industry and China's well-known history of targeting scientists and students. And as we have talked in the previous episode, China government has strategy to use students, especially those with national scholarship, to study in the U.S. and other countries and bring back, illegally bring back their knowledge, or using them to influence the faculty members and people around them overseas and craft the useful foreigners or bring them back to China Finally, it will become the pro-China campaign in every field of the academic world. And even remember when we talk about the mysterious Chinese biolab in Ridley in California? Remember when the guy, the real uh, owner, was arrested? His name is Jesse Zhu Zhu Jiabei. He's a Canadian Chinese. That guy also went to Canada back to uh, end of 1980s with the scholarship, maybe not from the China government. Should, at that time, it's very likely he got the scholarship from the universities and he went there to obtain some degree. And then he quickly set up his like the bio company back to early 1990s and helped China government to conduct a lot of overseas operations in the biochemical field. And later he 
When he collaborated with the U.S. company XYLLC, he stole their exclusive technology related to the separation of sex chromosomes from both semen. And from 2004, the XY company started to uh, sue Jesse Zhu and his companies. However, they managed to escape a lot of punishment and went back to Hong Kong, to mainland China, and even later escaped to the United States. Anyway, they didn't pay back. Until 2016, the final decision came from the court that Juice and his company need to pay total $330 million to XY company. We still don't see whether they have received this money or not from Drew. Anyway, what we know is, even before the 2016 uh, final decision, Drew has already launched his biomedical company UMI in California. And at least from that time, he already started to ship the illegal materials about clinical samples, about infectious pathogens, about the uh, reagent, all, all these kind of unknown things, the tons of unknown material storage in that California warehouse from China or other places to the United States. So Jesse Drew and the California warehouse case is a very typical example that when China sent their students who are the potential spies in certain academic field, and when they grow up, like got their PhD, established their network in the United States, sometimes they go back to China and bring the knowledge and net network from US or other countries back to China. But also, in many cases, they may stay in this country develop the network for Chinese Communist Party, uh, establishing the new uh, like the company or labs or work in the government. And anyway, they could manage to find all the means to support their lives and also keep working for CCP. And in this case, they will make money from both China and this country because like Jesse Zhu, when he was in Canada, definitely he used his business to make money from Canada or maybe even US. And also he will receive the money from communist China to help him develop his business, to invest him, make him look like a growing businessman and to attract attention. China will also use the national sources to support his personal uh, development because whatever he gains, finally it means CCP gains is controlled by CCP. Now back to the case in Canada. Student D, who is supposed to be the PhD in the University of Waterloo, he could be another Jesse Chu. Especially nowadays, China government, Xi Jinping, has already showed hostility against the U.S., Canada, and the other countries. Meanwhile, Xi Jinping regime has significantly enhanced the intensity of nationalism study and the Xi Jinping thought study in China. And this student, before they 
go to U.S. or Canada for study, and the universities in China or in the middle schools, they were indoctrinated by the government to love the country, love the party, and the most important thing is to love Xi Jinping. Of course, it doesn't mean that all of them would believe this kind of very ridiculous ideology. However, as young generation, they haven't have enough experience in the society, and they usually just learn to be obedient and listen to the teachers. So for them, the nationalism is still very powerful, and that means. When this PhD candidate, he said, he's going to go back to China with the knowledge he gained from Canada after the PhD study to develop the medical field. It is very likely his real idea. And also, before he go to Canada, since he received the offer, China government also would pay attention to him. That means his teachers in the universities or the Local government,、uh, when he need to go there to get the document to apply the visa, they will also make sure he's a good student. It means that they will check his document, which record his behavior from his childhood to the moment he's leaving, and also they will they will provide him more patriotic education and convince him that. If he do what the government want him to do, and later on he will get a lot of、uh, feedback from the government, and he will get a great future, and they can take a lot of example to convince him. Anyway, this is because he's going to study the technology China really need. So China is using this way to grab the knowledge, the information from almost every lab that. Uh, accept those kind of Chinese student, and then it's like the puzzle. China already collect a lot of puzzles, collect a lot of clues, and they can manage to finish the whole picture. Add something more, maybe some part from Canada, some part from Australia, some part from U.S. And finally, this this is why China can develop things very quickly, and then to build the new industries to.、Um, Publish the advanced products. Even the quality could be poor, but they can occupy the market very quickly. And China basically using this kind of people's wall, using student to defend the opponent from other countries. And when we talk about the student lead,、uh, because of the limited information exposed, we don't know exactly、uh, what information to make the. Visa officer have multiple concerns. It could be that, for example, Lee may graduate from a university which was on the sanctioning list of the United States. For example, the,、uh, there are very famous Seven Sons of National Defense in China, which means seven universities that、uh, work closely with military in China. So the United States has banned the student or the faculty members or who worked there before, studied there before, to go to United States for further study because it's very likely those people already been trained to be the academic spies, and these student or faculty members may not be banned from 
Canadian universities, and that provides a loophole to these people. Uh, actually, it's already shown that many of the Chinese uh, students or visiting scholars, when they feel difficult to go to the United States, they will change to go to Canada. And there are a lot of advantages if they go to U uh, Canada instead of US because they could stay in Canada for a while and later when they got a degree or they stayed there for a while or they established their own network, they could manage to go to the United States in the future. And also US and Canada always share a lot of uh, fundings, share a lot of awards, share a lot of knowledge so the professors work very closely with each other because of uh, the distance and also you are basically in living in the same culture so even the united states doesn't allow these people to get in touch uh, with uh, some high technology they could manage to get it through the canadian uh, universities labs and also for quite a long while for decades the Canadian government is not as strict as the U.S. government towards this kind of uh, university students or faculty members or the academic um, spice. Uh, like you see Jesse Chu, right? He's a Canadian uh, citizen and then later he didn't pay the compensation he escaped. And so Canada can do nothing about him. Also, Jesse Chu definitely is not the only one academic uh, spy from China escapes the punishment. Another uh, very famous example is Chiu Xiangguo. The professor worked in the Canadian National Microbiology Lab and also the former head of the Vaccine Development and Antiviral Therapy Section in the Special Passaging Program of the Public Health Agency of Canada. In July 2019, Chu and her husband, also her uh, co-worker, the biologist, the Chinese professor Curtin Chen, both left the National Microbiology Lab in Canada. Four months prior to this incident, Chu was found to have made a shipment of Ebola and Hanipal virus samples from the National Microbiology Lab to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Although it was reported that this shipment was not related to their removal, but it leaves the open speculation about Chu and her husband's espionage activities. And by the way, if you read the Chinese report, which could be considered as part of CCP's propaganda, Professor Chu Xiangguo and her husband Chen Keding were considered as the uh, persecuted. Chinese scientists in Canada because of anti-Asian or anti-Chinese this kind of discrimination. So of course, it faced the CCP theory that whoever work as the espionage for CCP and if you want investigate them, then you are anti-Asian, anti-Chinese. And also, when we talk about any truth like COVID-19 or the military balloons surveillance in the uh, nu nuclear base of the United States, all the mysterious bioweapon arsenal in Ridley, California. It all can be called as anti-Asian and anti-Chinese. So China really know how to use the terms of the racism to manipulate the public opinion and to influence the policies. Anyway, uh, 
it's just some comments on this case. And when we talk back to this Canadian uh, PhD candidate Lee, we don't know whether his previous study related to any military civil fusion, this kind of programs or the teams or other sensitive uh, project which makes the visa officer suspected. But I believe that there was enough evidence for the judge to make the decision. Actually, in the report, a former national security advisor to the Prime Minister, Dick Fadden, in Canada, said the decision offers Canada a new tool to get grip on a growing problem. Whether or not Mr. Lee is or could be a spy is neither here nor there. I think that it's beyond reasonable debate that the Chinese, both in Canada and in island countries, have used the universities as a means of acquiring intellectual property of youth to their military, he said. Fadden is a former Canadian Security Intelligence Service Director, and he also said it's past time to consider ceding of some areas of study from foreign advisories, including nuclear technologies, high-level optic and uh, space research. We should promote bring other country students to this country as much as we should encourage Canadians to study abroad. But surely there must be a certain number of critical areas where we and our allies have decided we do not want to share with a strategic adversary, he said. I think this judgment will make it easier to do so. I also hope we are not going to do it uh, again and again and start banning everyone. But I come back to my point about the 10 or 15 critical areas, dual use and the military, where I think if we uh, give individual visa officers and individual security officers the capacity to check people doubtfully and the context to uh, of those decisions and these areas is a good thing for Canada. So he has clearly shown his opinion and definitely his opinions based on his extensive uh, experience in the intelligence service field in Canada. Previously, Communist China was thought as an ally country with United States and Canada. So that's why the government don't think about how to prevent Chinese students to steal this kind of secrets from your labs, your institutes, because it can be considered as sharing the knowledge. And even this kind of academic exchange was encouraged. And China used this advantage. They provide a lot of fundings to attract your people to work with China and also China send this kind of cheap laborers, the student from China come here to support your work. So this is kind of a double win, win-win mode, but actually it means China win twice as whatever they do in the other field. And another uh, important thing is because the student, they usually don't do much illegal things during the study and they will just like deliver some information or make some connect, uh, communication or build some connection. So these are not very obvious illegal actions and uh, also no one pay attention to that, right? 
So it's very difficult to collect evidence that these people are working for China government. And after a while, when they almost finish studies, they need to go back to China because of the visa issue. They cannot find a good job here. Or they said they want to go back to stay with their family. It sounds very reasonable. So when they bring this kind of knowledge away from Canada or United States, you may think, oh yeah, so this is definitely what will happen. And why do we mind? Because science should be transparent, right? So this kind of idea will make you lose your vigilance that you don't know. As a communist dictatorship, their goal is to get whatever they can from you and weaponize them and use this weaponized technology or products to defeat you, as what Chinese Communist Party is doing now. But we have seen it since the COVID-19 pandemic, right? The virus, coronavirus, which was mildly harmful to people, can be manufactured to enhance their pathogenicity and transmissibility to become the pandemic and bring away over 20 million people's life. Also, we have seen that Hamas, when it got CCP's full support, it attacked Israel, created a terrible massacre, and also claimed to eliminate Israelis from the world. And how could they are so confident about that? Because they have their tunnels built using Chinese Communist Party's technology and equipment. They also have their weapons from China, they have the money, they have the intelligence, they have uh, international support from UN backed by China, right? So China has done a lot of things to show you now. China is very aggressive because this is the nature of the communist parties and Xi Jinping just doesn't want to hide it anymore. And of course, we see what happened in the South China Sea. We also see how China support Russia to uh, destroy Ukraine, to threaten Europe and also the United States. We see China manipulate the regimes in the uh, Latino Americas and then open the way to come through Quito, uh, Ecuador, through Darien Gap, through Mexico, finally enter the United States through the borders, right? So we have seen so many things happen in the past few years, especially the last year. So now when the Canadian, the intelligence former director and the Canadian government, the federal court, the visa officers, they all share their concerns and they all accumulate and examine the evidence and finally make the decision to bar this Chinese student to come to the Canadian universities for the sensitive uh, technology study. It is a great progress. And uh, the Canadian federal government has introduced the national security reviews for academics seeking federal funding from the National Science and Engineering uh, Research Council and has promised to clamp down on Canadian universities' uh, collaboration with Chinese scientists, especially those with links to China's military. And definitely, this case will provide more support to this wise decision and to help Canada close the door against their enemies. So let's have a short rest and 
come back, we will continuously talking about this topic. But let's see what happened in the United States about the Chinese student recently. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud for 25% off. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Hi everyone, welcome back to the voice of Dr. Yin. And in the last section, we've talked about recently 
well, the Canadian federal court has made the decision to bar a Chinese student go to Canada for PhD study in the macro nanoscience field because it's a very sensitive technology and the student was uh, suspected to be a potential spy by Chinese government. Before we finish this topic, I just remember we should add one more detail about this student that in the report, the Bard PhD candidate Lee was not sponsored by the Chinese National Scholarship. And this student had provided a document to show his financial support would come from family or other individuals. But it doesn't matter. So as we have talked before, the National Scholarship sponsored student are required to report to the China Embassy times to times to let them know what happened in your labs around you about your study, right? It's well organized and developed. However, in this case, we have seen that it's not the only reason to be decided whether you are a potential spy or not for communist China. Even so, we don't have this kind of evidence that you receive money from China government. Combined with other evidence, it's reasonable to be suspicious that whether the student really get the individual response, or maybe this is another alternative way for Chinese government to hide the connection with this student. Because China government, of course, now is well known as a dishonest regime, right? It can forge a lot of documents to help their um, spies, to help their companies go to overseas market or work in other countries. And as described in the court file, it says these students could willingly or also be coerced to work for CCP. So this is very reasonable too because the student has left his family in China. And we all know that China government can do whatever means to kidnap the family members and intimidate, harass the target and let them work for China. Unless you are very lucky to escape from this kind of control and cut off the connections with your family, but that was not an easy thing. And I have to admit, I have cut off all the connections with my family in China, including my parents, with my friends in China. And still, China is working hard using the public security and state security stuff with my family members. I mean, force them to arrest me. That is part of the fox hunt operations. You can refer to a lot of cases, and I have also explained some cases in my previous episode. So for this student, even though he has no other evidence being found to connect with China and China's military uh, project, still, if he won't refuse all this kind of requirement from China in the future, China could do a lot to force him to work with China. Most of people cannot escape from this kind of national forces, and that is very sad. In, so altogether, I just want to emphasize that 
whether receive national scholarship or not it's just one of the factor but Overall, you need to take into consideration of all the factors and clearly based on this uh, case we have seen that the understanding of such very complicated strategic by using the student or visiting scholars uh, by Chinese Communist Party has been deeper and deeper by the Canadian intelligence staffs. And also, uh, as we mentioned, we are going to see what happened in the United States at the same time. So on 4th January, China state-run media, the one of the top town of CCP, Global Times, has published one article condemning that recently there are multiple cases happened in the United States that the Chinese students were subjected to lengthy questioning, had their smartphones, computers, or other devices searched, and had their F1 visa revoked, and even barred from entering the United States for five years as they arrived in the U.S. So these kind of cases happen almost every month recently, and finally, the spokesperson of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in China Wang Wenbing has to address it in the press on 4th January and they demanded that the U.S. government to be friendly to the Chinese student avoid this kind of very bad uh, discriminating cases and also uh, they want the United States that if U.S. did it to Chinese student anymore this will hurt the United States too and this is a violation of the normal uh, culture exchange and the educational collaboration between China and the U.S. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, the China government always will use this kind of big words to uh, condemn the United States or UK, Canada, or these kind of uh, countries because they didn't do what China wants. They didn't fulfill China's uh, requirements. So, and yes, of course, there will be anti-Asian, anti-Chinese discrimination, this kind of accusation. So among the students who are barred from the United States from entering the U.S. for five years, there was one Yale doctoral student, T, and one NIH National Cancer Institute researcher, M, who arrived at Washington Douglas International Airport on December 19th and November 22nd respectively. And let's see what exactly happened to these students. I haven't found any English report on their stories, but I have found the Chinese report about them. And actually it's very detailed based on their description. So clearly it's part of CCP's combined strategy of the propaganda that first uh, there was a Global Times this kind of uh, statement and then the foreign fair ministry use it to blame America and also there's an interview about these so-called victims and they will tell you how the U.S. government discriminates Chinese and then to use it to incite anti-U.S. emotions in China among the Chinese people who have no much idea about what exactly the United States is. And this is also part of CCP's patriotism education. So in this report, they said the 
Student M, who worked in NIH, the National Cancer Center, was supposed to have her PhD thesis defense in 2024. However, when she got the renewed F1 student visa at the end of January of 2023 in Beijing, she was quickly deported by the United States Customs within one month. So on 19th December, she arrived at Douglas uh, Airport in Washington, D.C. She was held in the custom in the airport for eight hours and again another 12 hours and then flew to Los Angeles to hold another five hours. Finally, she was sent back to Beijing. So according to her description, she said, in Douglas Airport, the U.S. custom officers have asked her uh, some questions include like whether she got a scholarship from the schools in the universities, whether she gets sponsored by the China's national scholarship, and also whether she involved into any confidential projects. And Anne has obtained the university scholarship during her bachelor's study, but she didn't get the national scholarship. Also, she didn't involve into the confidential research. And after this kind of questions, she signed the uh, document and then she was held in a single room without her luggages because the luggages need to be searched. And after that, uh, she was told to be deported. So this girl claims that she got discriminated for no reason. And then she also contacted many other students who were deported by the U.S. Customs recently from China, and then they found they had similar experience, like similar questions, and also they claim that they didn't do anything wrong against the U.S. law. So they, they're even suspicious that whether the U.S. Customs try to uh, complete certain quota of this uh, deporting, so that's why they have to finish it by the end of 2023. And they have mentioned that one U.S. custom officer, a female named Pratt, have been involved at least several of these deported students. Therefore, they claim the officer Pratt in Douglas Airport may specially targeting Chinese students. However, are these things all real? First of all, we know that not all the Chinese students are spies. And also, as I always emphasize that, I know there are uh, many the Chinese scholars or students who try to cut off all the connections with CCP and avoid contact with any of the CCP staff. Uh, so they don't want to be involved into any illegal actions against America. And of course, they are very upright, and they are the people who share the same value as real American patriots. However, China government using Chinese people as part of people's wall. So these students are also part of the people's wall. When they were rejected by the custom, yes, of course, we may not say 100% they are all guilty, but definitely not all of these people in the reports are innocent. And as this report said, M also contacted another 
several students who were deported. And so let's see what they said. They said total 10 students, they all graduate from the good universities in China, involving Peking University, Tsinghua University, Shanghai Jiaotong University, and also some other technology universities in China. And their specialties involve bioscience, preventive health care, statistics, telecommunications, engineering, and the material physics and the chemistry, Germany, business management. And the universities they studied in the United States include Yale, John Hopkins, University of Virginia, and others. And the one of these 10 had obtained the national scholarship. And uh, all of them haven't involved into any confidential study. Most of them are PhD candidates, uh, but two as a master study and also one postdoc fellow and one girl with working visa. So they have mentioned that none of them had did anything wrong against the mark laws. However, when we see the universities they studied before, all of the universities they studied before in China have the military civil fusion projects. So it's very difficult to say that they are innocent because it's very complicated in China, especially these years, CCP has already merged the civil and the military uh, projects together in the university. As we have talked uh, in COVID-19, right? The military scientists working in the Academy of Military Science, Medical Science, most of them, especially those professors, have the position in another or many other civil institutes or universities. And they usually use their civil titles to cover up their general kernel identities in public. And that will facilitate their communication and exchange with the foreign scientists or organizations. And also, these people have deeply involved into CCP's bioweapon program, but because they have covered up their military identities, all these uh, labs has already erased this kind of collaborations online or in public. It's very difficult for you to obtain the evidence. And uh, that has created a lot of obstacles in pursuit of the COVID-19 origin, right? And so when we talk about COVID-19, we also know it happened in the other field. China not only focuses on bioweapons, it also focuses on like the AI, telecommunications engineering, and also like the nanoscience, neuroscience, and cancer research, of course, and also the pharmaceutical, the vaccine field, all these things related to CCP's military development consistent with their unrestricted warfare strategy. So when they student, they study some of them in the very sensitive field and also they work in the uh, universities has extensive collaboration with Chinese military. It's very reasonable to have such concerns that they would bring the knowledge and know-how back from 
U.S. to China to help China develop their military. And this kind of study also can help them to bring the U.S. scientists back to China to establish further collaboration with Chinese government. It's an open secret among the Chinese students that if you can bring your big professor back to China and make China be interested in the professor and work with the professor for certain uh, study, then you will get a great future because, for example, if China thinks your supervisor is useful, then China will provide fundings to build the labs in China with your professor, with your U.S. professor, and then you could be the director of this Chinese lab for the collaboration. So it is very attractive for the Chinese student, image that your colleagues, your friends are struggling to have one position as postdoc after graduation, but you can already become a director in a future big lab with a lot of funding from China, and you will get a lot of opportunities in the academic conference and uh, also the future uh, funding opportunities. Uh, this kind of attraction is really a lot for everyone in the research field. By the way, remember that back to end of 2020, EcoHealth director, the not real Dr. Peter Daschak, at that time, those people just published a lot of rubbish papers from mainstream media and using their influence and reputation to suppress the lab origin of COVID-19 and smear me. At that time, Peter Daschak thought they definitely would win the battle. So he has wrote on Twitter clearly that he missed the gathering with the Wuhan scientist in Wuhan Institute of Virology. And he listed the name of Xu Zhengli and Lin Fa Wang, the Batman, another very evil virologist working for CCP. He said he missed the white one in China, which is very strong, very expensive. And also he missed the karaoke, the singing games in China. He said, he want to celebrate with them in the bad cave. So see, these people are very shameless and he doesn't hide even his connections with CCP. And he even bragged the corrupted treatment he got from China. So what he said actually is kind of standard protocol for the foreign experts. So that means when these foreign experts are brought to China, they will enjoy the expensive alcohol and food. They will enjoy the uh, games with the Chinese young girls, or if they like young boys, so I mean, that's another story. And they will have a lot of collaboration with the Chinese scientists, and then they could get a lot of money from the collaboration, whatever fundings or in other uh, way to pay them. And therefore, gradually, they fall into CCP's traps and they have to work for Chinese Communist Party and they are willing to work for Chinese Communist Party. So Peter Daschak is just one of the examples. But as we said, these students can be the bridge to bring this kind of uh, expert from U.S. or other countries to China. And China is always looking for the next generation of priests.
not all of these students, if they are the academic spies, will come back to China. And they also could stay in the United States. For example, uh, NIH, right? There are the Chinese researchers, and we have already identified because our sources from CCP has confirmed with us that in certain important positions in NIH, there are Chinese professional spies stayed there for decades and now even become the very important director in the infectious disease research. So we have reported to the related departments in the United States and we don't just disclose their names in this broadcast, but the fact is they are everywhere. So these people, they studied and they stayed in the United States. They don't go back to China because for CCP's perspective, these spies can do more if they stay in the United States. It's like the Batman Wang Linfa I just mentioned. He was the uh, mentor for Shi Zhengli, the Batwoman, and he also studied in coronavirus. He also involved deeply into COVID-19 development. He worked in Australia for many years and now jumped to uh, Singapore, the Duke University Joint uh, Institute in Singapore. He's the uh, director or kind of big professor there. So these people, when they work in overseas institute, they could use their international reputation to help CCP to promote like their narratives, for example, the nature origin of COVID-19 and uh, suppress the other people. And they also could go into the industries or go into the government after graduation, not only stay in the labs. And that's why when the big things like the COVID-19 happen, they could all work together to shape the narrative or like they could be the journalists. We have seen, for example, one PhD work in New York Times, she got PhD as immunology from uh, MIT or some other big institute and she's a Chinese. So she was one of the first to write the article to reject the lab origin evidence I provided in uh, September 2020 and also promote CCP's nature origin theory and stop anti-Asian theory uh, on mainstream media at that time. So see, this is the example to show how the potential futures would be for the Chinese student spies. And still, we don't say that before we say the judgment, we don't say all the 10 students were guilty or whatever, but we will say, as the Canadian court said, they could be the potential spies based on the evidence collected by the customer officers or visa officer or counterintelligence officers. And it is very important to prevent this kind of situation in the near future. So before you have developed the perfect way to prevent aid, it's necessary to stop these people enter your country to continuously studying in your institutes to work for Chinese Communist Party to create the potential damage. So not only for the custom officer or counterintelligence officer, it is also very important for the universities and also the public for the like NIH, this kind of big institutions to understand the potential national security risk posed by these Chinese students or researchers. And these people, 
even though they could be innocent, but because they came from China and China is so aggressive and hostile now. So like how Hamas using the civil people in Gaza to create the damage to Israelis, China also used their citizens to create the damage to America, Canada, and other Western countries. And the fundamental way to solve your national security risk, growing risks, is to end the evil regime, Chinese Communist Party, to stop them working anymore to harm anyone. So thank you for listening to the voice of Dr. Yan. And every Saturday and Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be on air through the Mark Out Loud Radio Network or iHeart Radio. And after that, you could listen to it through the free apps like Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and many others. Thank you.